Welcome to Slim and Satisfied, a podcast about weight loss for women dealing with hormonal imbalances. I'm Daphna Chazen, registered dietitian and weight loss coach, and I invite you to join me weekly for conversations, practical strategies, and resources that will lead you on the right path to feeling satisfied with your body and your life. And now, let's get to today's episode. and welcome back. Hope your week is going well. We'll be talking about how to simplify weight loss today since I think it's one of the main ways to be successful. People who keep things straightforward go far in weight loss. And I'm a firm believer that when things are easy and simple, we keep doing them because we typically have no reason to stop. We're so much more likely to stay consistent with healthy habits if they're nice and simple. And as you may know, consistency is the name of the game in health. It's less about how dramatic your changes are, it's about how sustainable you make them. And having worked with many women who have different personalities, of course, I can tell you that those women who overthink weight loss and turn their life upside down to lose weight are the quickest to become overwhelmed and burnt out. We don't want that. So we're going to dive into my philosophy of weight loss today, which is fairly simple and straightforward, and I'm going to reveal some of the ways that I make weight loss simple for my clients so they don't end up running away screaming, I can't do this, this is too hard. That's never my goal. I want everyone to feel like things are doable, they're sustainable, and there's something that you can integrate right into your life pretty seamlessly. You shouldn't have to put your life on hold in order to lose weight. And the reason I like things to be really simple, easy to understand, easy to implement is because I know that simple habits can turn into more elaborate systems or plans later on. And ultimately, when someone has a well-formed plan for weight loss, these behaviors become automatic, they become ingrained in them, and that is the best way to lose weight and keep it off. So let's go ahead and dive in, and I'm going to show you what it means to me to simplify weight loss and how I help women implement this in real life. There are three main principles that I subscribe to here. The first one that we're going to talk about is called stimuli narrowing. This concept is one that I borrowed from a program I worked with several years ago. The program utilized meal replacements in the form of bars, shakes, and soups to help people lose weight. And the whole idea behind it was that when we limit choices, we're less likely to be stimulated by food. So this was a program where the choices for products like the shakes and the bars were very limited in terms of flavors. And I saw this working well for many people at the time. Now, my philosophy around healthy eating has slightly changed over the years, and I no longer use meal replacements in my practice for various reasons, although I do think they can be a great option for some people. But the concept of stimuli narrowing is one that I still find very relevant for weight loss, whether you're using meal replacements or not. Stimuli narrowing is essentially focused on reducing the temptation and the desire for food that we often get when we have too many choices. So if I were to come to your home right now, right this second, and I open the pantry, what will I see there? Will I be seeing a variety of different crackers, cookies, pretzels, and salty snacks? Do you have more than three or four types of each one of these categories? If you answered yes, 
and I want you to really think about it, it's likely that you have a hyper-stimulating food environment that you live in. And chances are you're really complicating your weight loss by asking yourself to stay in control in front of all of these food options. Anytime we ask ourselves to use willpower, especially when we're confronted with a lot of different options, a lot of different choices, and God knows we make a lot of food decisions throughout our day, right? So every time that you wake up, your decision-making process for the day around food is beginning. And believe it or not, studies show that we make hundreds of food decisions in our day, even though it may not seem like it, but... You want to make that decision-making process as quick and as easy as possible. That's going to help simplify weight loss. So anytime we're asking ourselves to use willpower, to practice self-control, to make a good decision when we have mostly unhealthy things to choose from, or, you know, sometimes I tell parents that I work with, don't make your child pick between baby carrots and goldfish as a snack. That's going to be a pretty easy decision for the kid. They're always going to go for goldfish. So you want to make sure that you're having the right options to choose from. And for us adults, we also need to narrow down the selection. We need to streamline the options because otherwise we're really complicating weight loss way more than we should be. So one of the first things that I work with with my clients is limiting choices. Since this definitely always leads to better food decisions, both as far as the type and the amount of food that we eat. So let me give you an example of how this can be implemented. One very effective way that you can start with stimuli narrowing is by streamlining your meal plan, meaning you're reducing the amount of options that you pull from for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So you may want to come up with two or three breakfasts that you like, two or three lunches, and two or three dinners. That's it. Keep it really simple, really narrow down as far as the options. Now you have a repertoire of maybe six to nine meals to pull from each time you eat, and that's usually a pretty good number. It's kind of a sweet spot that has the right mix of variety and simplicity. So you're not reinventing the wheel each time you eat, but you're not getting bored either by eating the same exact food every single day. Do you see that? Now, of course, we want these meals to be healthy, we want them to be weight loss friendly, and to also do a little something extra for you if you're dealing with hormonal imbalances, maybe a thyroid condition, PCOS, maybe gut problems, or maybe you're going through menopause. It's really important that you incorporate in your meal plan, not just generally healthy meals, but specific foods that can help alleviate your symptoms And when I work with people, we weave these foods into the plan so that that person gets the added benefit that the food provides. So for example, if someone has PCOS, we may include a meal that has lots of cruciferous vegetables like cauliflower and Brussels sprouts, since those foods contain a compound that helps process carbohydrates better. So we not only lose weight, we're not only eating better, more healthier options, We actually actively manage blood sugar by incorporating these specific foods, and we're also lowering insulin all at the same time as losing weight. So all of these things can happen at the same time, and you can work on multiple different things with one meal plan. 
Another example you can think of here is a combination of weight loss and digestive problems. So I see many women who come in for weight management, but also deal with IBS or constipation or just bloating. This is a very common combination, weight loss and digestive issues. So we make put weight loss as a main focus. This is going to be the main goal of our meal plan is to shed some pounds. But as a secondary goal, we may focus on relieving some of those digestive symptoms with specific foods that we know are helpful for that. So we may focus, for example, on adding more fermented foods to help with probiotics. So things like tofu and Greek yogurt, kombucha, or maybe something like Kimchi, which is a Korean fermented cabbage condiment, delicious and very high in probiotics, that's going to help build up the gut bacteria, reduce bloating, and improve digestion. So we can work on both things together. And again, I want to simplify that meal plan as much as possible, but at the same time, including foods that are what I call functional foods. Functional eating basically means that most of the meals that you eat are not just healthy in general, they actually provide some bonus, some added benefit to take your diet up a notch as far as quality and what it does for your body. So the food that we're incorporating, we're being intentional about it, and that food has a specific function that we're targeting, like hormonal balance, like reducing insulin, controlling blood sugar, or improving digestion, stuff like that. Good? What's important to understand here is that when you only repeat the three options per meal, two, three breakfasts, two, three lunches, and dinners, you become very efficient and very skilled in preparing those specific meals. So meal prepping now becomes less of a hassle, less time-consuming, and definitely less of a production to pull together. The more you practice something, the less you have to think about doing it, and that's a big part of simplifying your meal plan. One additional added benefit of the concept of stimuli narrowing is that it can really serve you best when life gets hectic and when you feel overwhelmed. So this is significant because these are the times where most women fall off. If you've ever followed a plan where the meal plan that you had to prepare or stick with was too labor-intensive or it was taking up too much of your time, too much effort, you probably had a hard time sticking with that when life got in the way. So if you've ever tried to keep up with those full week meal prep plans, or if you needed to keep finding new meal ideas that fit your diet, you know this firsthand. You know how this feels. It can be very overwhelming to always try to catch up to your diet, to always try to catch up to that routine or that regimen that you're following if life gets in the way. So when you're So when your schedule gets turned upside down or you have things that are out of your control happening in your life and you start feeling like the diet and the plan and the goals are slipping away from you, if you had this narrowed down meal plan, that six to nine meal repertoire that you're pulling from, you can feel really confident because you've already practiced it. You already know what they taste like. You already know what they take to prepare. And if you keep things really simple, you're much more likely to navigate those tough times, those stressful times, a little bit better. So keep it really simple. Stick with the two, three options per meal. And you're going to see that when the going gets tough, you're able to cruise through it because you've already did the hard work of thinking about it and figuring out the meals and you know the ones that work for you and those are the ones you're gonna stick with. 
The second principle in simplifying weight loss that I always discuss with my clients is the power of one. You want to focus on building one new habit at a time. You don't have to do all the things. In fact, most people will lose weight more easily if they focus on just one or two things at a time. Did you know that? You want to know what the key is? Figuring out your biggest impact areas. These are the things that either happen most frequently or the ones that cause lingering issues for you with weight loss. And I'm going to explain and give you an example. But these are things that even though they don't happen every single day, they still cause enough damage to ruin your weight loss efforts. So let's consider a couple examples here. I had a client a couple months ago, her name was Rachel, and she was looking to lose weight and change her eating habits. So she worked as a teacher, and one of the things we spoke about was that many times during the school year, she has these teacher meetings or workshops where food is brought in and there's just a plethora of unhealthy options, whether it's bagels or pastries and muffins and things like that. And she really, really struggled to keep her healthy eating habits throughout these meetings. So this was probably happening about twice a month at the time. And Rachel was always anxious about these meetings because she didn't want to make choices she'd regret. She had made a lot of progress with me and she wanted to keep that going. She didn't want to go back because of a bagel or a muffin. But the problem was she really liked those things and she was always tempted to eat a muffin or to grab a bagel because these meetings were early in the morning and she didn't have time to get breakfast at home. So we would meet every other week and it just so happened that we were meeting right before or right after these teacher meetings each time they happened. So we talk about it the majority of our session and really try to figure out a way for her to attend and maybe share a muffin or eat something before going into the meeting or maybe even bring something else that she'd like with her that was slightly healthier and gave her some other options. So we tried to troubleshoot this teacher's meeting for the majority of our session. We ended up talking about it most of the time. And because of the timing of it, it just so happened that we were really concentrated on this one thing. But here's the thing, while these meetings were happening twice a month, what we didn't realize and what we didn't focus on until a little bit later on is something that was happening much more frequently and causing a lot more issues for her with weight loss. And that was nighttime eating. She was eating multiple snacks pretty much on a daily basis after dinner and not really being mindful of the pattern of overindulging at night. So this was happening almost every day and was definitely a more significant issue to address before the teacher's meeting. Do you see that? So you want to address things that are either happening most frequently or things that are happening not frequently, but still cause a lot of issues. They cause lingering issues. So if once a month you go out to dinner and you have a hard time for the rest of that following week to get back on track, even though it's only happening once a week, it's spilling over into your week. It's spilling over from the one meal into a full week of meals. That's something that's significant enough that you would want to address. But again, I want you to focus on just one thing at a time. So you want to find the one thing that you're currently already in your gut. You currently know that this is one focus area that you have to address. Because if you're going to address the things that are going to give you the most results, that's going to motivate you. When you address something that's a big issue, 
and not try to ignore it and focus on another issue that's maybe also related to weight loss but not as impactful, you're going to feel motivated because because you're going to see quick results, you're going to see that you're making progress, and you're going to feel a lot better about the changes that you're making. So I want you to look at the bigger picture here. Find the one thing that you feel needs work right now. Hopefully it's something that's happening frequently and really holding you back from seeing results and focus on changing just that. Keep the power of one in mind. And this is something that's gonna really free up headspace to stay focused on the really important stuff. Not the here and there instances that mean nothing. You wanna focus on one thing at a time, make it impactful, making it, make it the one thing that's really holding you back right now and that you know deep down in your gut that you need to address it. So again, if you're drinking 50 ounces of water per day, but you heard that you need to be drinking 80, don't worry about that. That's likely not a big area for you to focus on right now. I want you to have courage to go after the things that you know need to change, but start chipping away at them slowly. Pick one thing. So for example, if you're someone who eats out and you do that four times a week, maybe you're not quite ready to give up give up eating out altogether, but you may be ready to cut back and go to two times a week as opposed to four times a week. So think about what those two meals at home are going to look like. What are you going to prepare? What are you going to do? How are you going to actually stick with not eating out and preparing meals at home so that you can meet that goal? So slowly but surely, you're going to work on reducing the amount of times that you eat out, but you also need to understand What is that going to take? It's going to take you preparing food or it's going to take you buying a rotisserie chicken and a bag of salad and putting it together yourself at home if that's where you're at, okay? But the one thing I don't want you to focus on, eating out less, adding exercise, and improving hydration all at the same time. That's likely going to burn you out and you're likely going to do a half-assed job, quite honestly, at each one of those things. Focus on one thing, make it really good, master that habit, then move on and build on that from there. Good? So we covered two things so far. We talked about stimuli narrowing and how to streamline your meal options so that you reduce temptation and you don't have to make hard decisions each time you eat. That's very, very important. The second thing we just covered was the power of one, how to focus on one habit at a time and make sure that you're able to master it before moving on to the next thing or worse, instead of focusing on a million little things at a time because that's what you think you should be doing in order to lose weight. That's never going to serve you. Pick the one biggest impact area that you know right now needs to be changed and chip away at that one day at a time. The third thing we're going to talk about is really, really important, and it's indirectly related to simplifying weight loss. This is more on the mindset side of things, and it's all about setting boundaries. This is the last principle we'll talk about, and it's really related to setting the stage for successful weight loss ahead of time. Anytime you define expectations and you set some ground rules, you're putting in some work that will pay off big time and make your life simpler in the future. In order to simplify your weight loss journey, I want you to think about some of the tough situations that you've experienced in the past when you've tried to lose weight. Because here's the thing, 
all the situations, all the instances, all the life circumstances that have previously made it hard for you to lose weight are going to repeat themselves. I think that you're probably in your gut, you know this, we all know that, but we tend to forget. We tend to not think about it. But history repeats itself, ladies. Every time that you've had a hard time in the past with family, with friends, even with yourself to stick with a plan, to really carry out the plan that you've set out for yourself to really meet your goals, it's likely because of something that's happened in the past. So things repeat themselves, our obstacles keep popping up. And if we don't address them, if we don't set boundaries and really prepare for them, they're going to keep coming up and they're going to keep derailing us every single time. So Think about some of the situations or instances that really threw you off in the past, and then I want you to pick the top two or three that come to mind and really think about some boundaries that you're going to set in order to not fall in those traps again. One of my clients recently got engaged, and her and her fiance started spending a lot of time each weekend with her future in-laws in order to prepare for the wedding and plan out all the details. And her in-laws were not the healthiest of eaters, so every time Nicole would be with them, she'd end up eating pizza or stopping at fast food restaurants and just getting pulled into unhealthy behaviors each weekend that weren't really serving her. And it was really a shame because she had made a lot of progress. She already changed a lot of those behaviors and she was already set with a new plan and a good weight loss momentum that she was in. So this was a perfect example of a situation that needed some honest communication and boundaries in order for her to not continue to derail herself. She needed to request that they eat at places that had a variety of options, not just pizza, or to let them know that she'd be bringing a bag of salad with her when they stay over, or to simply ask her fiance to spend only one instead of two weekend days with the family. So that's one example of how communicating and really talking through with your loved ones about what you need, what your goals are, and how they can help you to achieve them is really important. You need to be assertive. And I don't want you to think that you're offending anyone. If you're communicating in a respectful, assertive way, Assertive doesn't mean being rude. Assertive doesn't mean being offensive to anyone. It means that you're talking about yourself, what you need, what what things are going to be supportive to you, and what things are undermining you. You want to be very clear when you're communicating with people around you about the difference. So you want to set boundaries in that regard. And in Nicole's case, that meant that she was very clearly speaking to her fiance ahead of time about either leaving early or letting the person that's in charge of meals know that she'll be bringing a salad or just asking the group to agree to go somewhere where she can find a healthy meal and they'd like the options as well. Boundaries only work when you communicate them and you follow through. So make sure that you do that. Make sure that what you're going to say, you're going to stick with and you're going to follow through so that everyone knows that you're serious about this. In addition to communicating with others, you want to think about something called personal negotiations. These are the times when we're negotiating with the toughest person to negotiate with. That's ourselves, right? We've all had instances where we're talking to ourselves and we have the little angel and the devil on the shoulder and we're just trying to make a decision or we're trying to figure out what to do. 
And there's one option that we know is going to be tough. There's one option that we know is maybe what we want right now, but is not going to serve us long term. Say, for example, you're going home from work and you have a long commute. So you either take a train or you drive and you get really hungry. So you pop into a Starbucks before you get on the train and your intention is good. You're going to make a good decision. Let's see what kind of healthy stuff they have. So you look at the little bananas or you look at a bag of popcorn, but what you see at the corner of your eye is those scones or those cake pops that they have. And you think to yourself, well... I had a really rough day. I had a really stressful day. I really, really need some pick-me-up, some sugary thing that's going to make me feel all nice and happy. So I'm going to go for that. It's it's the end of the work day. I have a long commute. I'm super hungry, and I kind of deserve it. I've been good all day. So you end up getting the scone or the cake pop. Now, here's an example of a personal negotiation where walking into this You may have already known that you're not going to go for a banana and you're not going to go for an apple or you're not going to go for a popcorn. So a first step to this is just acknowledging personal negotiations, just recognizing them when they happen, when you're most vulnerable to personal negotiations. And I'm going to tell you that a time like that, when you're already tired, you're somewhat hungry and you've had a long day is prime time for personal negotiations. So you want to think about them, identify them ahead of time, and put a plan in place to really manage them. So you may very well get a cake pop, but the next day, if you have another long day, I want you to think about how you're going to handle that. If you end up getting a cake pop every time you have a long day, weight loss is getting farther and farther away from you. That's not going to be sustainable. You're just not going to see good results, and you're going to get demotivated and throw in the towel. So I want you to think about how are you going to manage personal negotiations when they tend to come up for you and setting boundaries around that. You may decide that on Wednesdays you get a cake pop because that's a long day at work and you really enjoy that. And that's the one time a week you get a cake pop. But all other days, you make it a point of bringing a healthy snack, keeping a bar in your purse, maybe an ounce of nuts or some other type of snack that you know is going to prevent you from going into that Starbucks and getting involved with personal negotiations. So there could be lots of different examples. This is something that I work with my clients on and we really brainstorm different ways to set boundaries with other people as well as reducing personal negotiations as much as possible, especially in the beginning of your weight loss journey. That's where they tend to be most intense and hard to manage, okay? So there you have it. We talked about three things that I recommend you do in order to simplify your weight loss. The first one was stimuli narrowing. The second one was the power of one, focusing on just one habit at a time. And then the third one was setting boundaries and thinking about personal negotiations. I hope you found this helpful. You can see all the information about today's episode in the show notes. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and leave me a review. It helps more people find the show. And I look forward to seeing you here again next week. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Take care. Bye for now.